0: I tried to attempt to articulate this simple truth to you. This brand new sermon series that we're in, like firefighters, is not just a series that's flammable, meaning it's going to cause for fires to be ignited and spread. It's going to spread from the pulpit to chairs, from the pulpit through retina, display, retina displays. Fire is going to start breaking out in homes, and fire in our marriages, and fire in our singleness, and. Fire in our children's church and fire in our teenagers and fire in our hearts. But hold on. Not only is this series flammable, but it's also going to come with some uncomfortable heat. I'm sweating already for (laughs) y'all. Yet today, this sermon is going to put your faith in the furnace. This word on today is going to put some fire under your commitment. Some fire under your servitude, some fire under your witness. Everybody who says I'm a follower of Jesus, oh yeah, this sermon is going to put some fire under that profession, some fire under your relationships, and fire under your priorities. It is a whole problem. Somebody say a whole one. There is a whole problem if you are more willing to be inconvenienced for vanity than spirituality. Here comes that heat. It is a whole problem if you are more willing to be inconvenienced for your flesh appeasement than for your spiritual development. Okay, so what you're going to do is, sis, you are more willing to be inconvenienced and have your feet hurt. Because you are standing in some four-inch heels in the cold in this long line waiting to get in the club. You are more willing to be inconvenienced and have your bunions hurting than you are to inconvenience your sleep so you can get up and pray so that you can see God's face. Okay, so you are more willing to be inconvenienced, sir, and finish your show. You just have to figure out what's going to happen to Canaan, don't you? You just have to figure out what's going to happen with ghosts. I'm calling somebody show out. You just have to figure out what's going to happen. So you are more willing to be inconvenienced to be tired at work Then you are to move some chairs. Then you are to help in the parking lot. Ooh, your edges. Then you are to serve in ministry. It's it's a fire under your priorities. Because a lot of us have some priority contradictions. Meaning, I want to be blessed. Bless me, Lord. But I don't want to obey. Let's put some fire under that. Let's put some fire under that. You're saying, okay, my whole phase is over. And I want to find me, I'm sorry, my generation requires real. Men think like this. Let me say a biblical definition. My whore phase is over. And I want to find me a godly woman now. I want to find me a virtuous woman, but you're still currently sexing Jezebel. Let's add some fire to that. And ladies, don't amen too hard because you're praying and asking God to send you a godly man And here he comes, but you're like, ew, Jesus, he's 5'6". I don't want to look like Yao Ming standing next to him in our wedding pictures. And I bet the Holy Spirit is like, so you rather a 6'5", fool, You rather a 6'5", pawn in the hands of the enemy, than somebody who will love you like Christ loves the church? Let's add some fire to that. Told you it comes with heat today. Let's add some fire to that. For you to say, you know what, I love Jesus, but I don't do people. I don't do people, though. Okay. You do understand that the DNA of the Christian is to love people. I did a whole series about it called Love Is. Love people. So watch this. We love people out of our relationship with Jesus, not from our mood. We love people out of our communion time with God, not out of how we feel. Well, Pastor, I ain't dare you. I like them. I don't love them. You're not called to like. Let me put my foot on the gas a little more. There's a difference between like and love. When you like a flower, you will pick it. When you love it, you will water it. Let's add some fire to that. Blame God for all of your tears, but you won't thank him for all of your smiles? Let's add some fire to that. Ooh, this one gonna come for somebody's life. Your social media page is private, but your physical body is public? Let's add some fire, I told let me fan for you. <laughs> let me fan for you. I told you, it comes with some uncomfortable heat. Somebody say fire. This is what I was trying to get us to understand in our Voices series, specifically part 12 of Voices. I tried to get us to understand proximity determines temperature. Remember that? The reason that Venus is so hot is because it's so close to the sun. And we know that Pluto is no longer considered a planet, but the reason that Pluto is so frigid is because it's so Far from the sun. You cannot be on fire with the things of God if your proximity to the sun is distant. S-O-N. Therefore, watch this. Your spiritual temperature will always be revealed in your physical temperament. Say it one more time. Your spiritual temperature, meaning how on fire you are for God. Your spiritual temperature will always be revealed in your physical temperament. It just takes for the right person to cut you off. For your child to hit the back of your foot in the grocery store as they push in the basket. (laughs) Y'all laughing, but you know I'm telling the truth. It just takes the right situation to reveal your spiritual temperature. I want to help somebody. Let me help somebody get some confirmation, okay? Before God ever takes you to another height, before God ever takes you from level to level, before he ever takes you from depth to depth, when God is about to elevate your life, he allows elevated heat. This should be confirmation for somebody's like, man, I'm going through a lot. I'm going through trials. I'm going through storms. Is this punishment? Listen, I'm trying to answer your question. Before God elevates your life, he allows for there to be elevated heat. I can give you a Bible all day. Come here, Daniel. Before Daniel was ever promoted and was one of the most well-treated men during the reign of Darius and under the reign of Cyrus the Persian, he had to first deal with the heat Of alliance then because when God wants to elevate your life he first allows for there to be elevated heat because your spiritual temperature will always reveal your temperament give you more Bible before the Apostle Peter ever became known as the first apostle to have 3,000 plus people come to Christ due to his preaching of the gospel and baptizing over 3,000 people he had to deal with the heat of being accused you are one of those Christ followers, aren't you? Man, I know I'm not. Now this is one. I saw him walking with Jesus. Man, I told you I don't know him. Man, you are a disciple. Your, your accent gives it away. Man, I told you I don't bleep and know him. So y'all stop bleeping messing with me. I don't bleep and know him. That's what the Bible says. Peter start cursing. <laughs> he didn't know that was going to be his temperament. Until some heat exposed his spiritual temperature. Because before God ever elevates your life, he will allow for there to be elevated heat. Let me give you more Bible. Come here, David. Before your behind, ever is going to sit on the throne and be the second king over Israel, you're going to have to deal with the heat of dodging spears from the Kermit king. Because I need to know that you have so much self-government that you could dodge spears and not throw them back. Talk Holy Spirit before he elevates your life He allows for there to be elevated heat. We even see this with Jesus Before Jesus is elevated as the resurrected King Before Jesus is ever elevated as the first to defeat death. He has to deal with the heat of being denied the heat of being betrayed the heat of being flogged, the heat of being crucified. So if this is God's methodia, if we see in the text that this is God's methodology, why are you acting confused when you are experiencing things that are hot? In my findings, what I've discovered, especially in Western hemisphere Christianity, because this isn't necessarily a global issue, But it is an American church issue. We lack the fire of God in our services. We lack the fire of the Holy Spirit during our gatherings. It's not all churches in America, but it is a huge bulk of us. In my findings, I've discovered due to our fireless preaching, due to our fireless discipleship, Christians are, let me say it like this, flickering Christians have become so normal that biblical and on-fire Christians are considered extreme. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. I've discovered in my findings that when flickering Christians, like just, just flicker of commitment, just flicker of prayer, flicker of fasting, flicker of worship, flicker like, oh, it's January, oh, it's, it's March now, yeah. flicker of commitment, <laughs> flicker, flicker. Oh, it's Easter time! Oh, break up, flicker, the flickering Christians. I've discovered that flickering Christians, because we're so normal, you encounter them on your job, in grocery stores. Because flickering is normal, when we actually meet a biblical Christian, a Christian that's on fire, that seems as extreme. What you mean? You fasting with the church? See, that's why I don't do church now. Can't nobody tell you when to fast? That has to be something God put on your heart. That has to be something God put on your heart. And if he didn't put it on your heart, that's legalism. I'm like, okay, as though corporate fasting is not biblical. As though we don't see Jonah going into Nineveh and telling them, in three days, God's going to cause all for this to come down. And the whole nation, the whole city fasted together in in a sign of repentance. Hmm. Maybe, just maybe, it's... Flickering is so common that fire is considered extreme. I'm like, okay, we don't consider this extreme, like being out in the cold, cheering on teams on, in the snow. I want y'all to see images of this. Okay, I'm like, this isn't extreme. It's cold, brother. You have a beer belly, yeah. shirt off. Don't camp. See. This is fire, but it's what I'm gonna talk about in two more weeks, it's considered a strange fire. Yeah. Nothing is wrong with that, as long as you have a fire in the areas of the things of God, too. Yeah. I begin to ask myself, I said, man, I wonder, just a few days ago when we had that wintry mix and sleet and some ice on the road, I wonder if we were to have an open roof service and we allowed the sleet and stuff to come in here. I wonder how many people show up. <laughs> But then we show up to this. I saw something, I said, we need to use this for our servants. For everybody who's a volunteer, this happened this week. A blizzard was so bad in Buffalo, New York, that Buffalo Bills fans came to the stadium. They weren't handed a shovel. They came to the stand with their shovels. And it's a long line of them. I want you to see it. A long line of them, we're gonna shovel out the snow. So that we could see our team. I'm like, man, what if we had the same fire, the same willingness to be inconvenienced for the things of God? Nothing is wrong with that, but how's your prayer life looked up? How's your worship life looked up? Are you willing to be inconvenienced and change your baby's diaper? Are you willing to be inconvenienced and teach your children the ways of the Lord? Or am I more willing to be inconvenienced for flesh? So we're just going to come with some heat. Flickering Christians have become so normal that when you actually meet one who's on fire, you know what you say? They doing too much. (laughs) Flickering. Somebody say flickering. Flickering. And so my concern is do we have a fire in the areas that matter? Because if we don't, We have weak Christianity, fragile faith, can't handle loss, can't handle difficulties, can't handle discomfort. But what do you do when God places you in his refiner's fire and you're praying against it, trying to rebuke it, and you tell him, God, this is uncomfortable, and he says, I know, let it burn. God, I don't like this. Take me out of it. No, let it burn. You're still raw in the middle. For anybody who's cooked, if you put your oven on 350 degrees and you put your grilled chicken in there, you don't take it out after two minutes. You don't, unless you can't cook. You don't take it out after six or seven minutes. And sometimes what you do is you cut the chicken to see if it's still raw in the middle. God has said, no, I'm not taking you out my refiner's fire. You're still raw in the middle. There's still bitterness in the middle. There's still comparison in the middle. There's still entitlement in the middle. You think that you deserve this after all the hell I've been through? I deserve. What you deserve is hell and death. So everything you get besides hell and death is a blessing. I have to make you, watch this, I have to have you in the fire until you're digestible. So when you meet other people, they don't get sick with consuming your presentation of me. I have to make sure you're fully cooked. Now let me say it this way, let them cook. <laughs> Let them cook. That's what God is saying. Let me cook. This is what I do. I sanctify. Let me cook. This is what I do. I redeem. Let me cook. This is what I do. I cause for those who laugh behind your back. They're going to see you get blessed in front of their face. Let me cook. Let me cook. I see the building situation. I'm setting up something. Let me cook. I hear your cries. I'm doing something in your perspective. Let me cook. This is the danger. It is the nature of a fire fire. To go out it's the nature of a fire to go out and if this be true we must have sermons that teach us how to feed our fire and how to continue to stay faithful when God says let it burn let it burn thank you for the one golf clap this this particular text that we're about to read Joseph has been lied on, he's been thrown in a pit, taken out of a pit, sold into slavery. Potiphar's wife is mad because he wouldn't give her none. He's in jail, and he has these cellmates, a cupbearer and a baker. And these two cellmates of Joseph have these dreams. And Joseph, watch this interprets the dream if you know his life he went from having dreams to interpreting dreams because sometimes fire is for the purpose of maturing your gift so we're going to hop in the portion of scripture where they begin to tell Joseph his dream the first guy tells him his dream and this is what Joseph tells to him Genesis 40 verse 12 he says this is what it means Joseph said to him The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. Watch this, y'all. I hear Joseph's heart on this. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I have done nothing to deserve to be put in a dungeon. I hear it. I hear it. I saw something different this week. I hear this isn't fair. I hear I serve God. I'm faithful to God. See, culture will tell you you might as well slept with Potiphar's wife. I might as well have. That's culture. You might as well do it. If I'm going to be in jail, I should have hit. I should have did it. That's culture, but it's not kingdom. Verse 16. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head, there were three baskets of bread, and the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. Three baskets are three days. And within three days... Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now, the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the head of his chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put a cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. Y'all, this right here tripped me out. Verse 23 The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph, he forgot him. How? How, sway? How? How do you have a dream 72 hours ago? Somebody, I'm just thinking about me. If somebody interprets my dream, and then 72 hours later, it happens, I'm not going to forget you. I'm going to be like, oh, man, he was right. Yo, there was this dude in prison. Yo, pull him up. That's going to be me. How do you forget? Unless it was a divine experience where God needed to let it burn. How do you know that? Because I kept on reading Genesis 41, verse 1, the very next passage of Scripture says this. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. I'm like, you left me in here for two years. Okay, you forgot me 72 hours. But you forgot me 52 weeks times. Like, you forgot me for two years, but God got involved two years later. He let Joseph sit with it. He let it burn. Burn. This is what my concern is, y'all. We don't know how to stay with God when he lets it burn. We don't know how to not go back to weed when God lets it burn. We don't know how to continue on in prayer when God lets it burn. When God has said, no, I'm not going to stop it. I'm going to let it burn because there's something I'm burning out of you. Who knows what would have happened if Joseph would have got out 72 hours later. How would his heart have been when his brothers came then? Maybe his anger would have burned towards them. But God let his anger burn in solitude. So that when I put you in a position, I burn that out so you won't burn them up. This is so good, y'all. More Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. You therefore might endure. Y'all not reading your Bible. You therefore should endure. Y'all talk to me. You therefore talk to me must. Are y'all reading the text? You therefore must endure what does endure means it means the resolve to remain meaning I'm staying put you must stay put when in hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ let's speak around this thought this subject some of us think of usher when I say it but let it burn (laughs) burn somebody say let it burn See, if people wouldn't take stuff out of context and go viral, I would tell somebody, look at somebody and go, ooh, 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 ooh. No, I ain't going to do that. I don't do that because I know how people are. What do you do when God says, no, I'm going to make sure they don't mention you? I'm going to make sure you don't get approved. I'm going to make sure you don't win. I'm going to make sure that dream you have, you're not going to get it right now. You know what I'm going to do? Let it burn. Your flesh, I'm going to let it burn. Your desires, I'm going to let it burn. I need to burn it up to such a degree where your surrender is high and your complaining is low. Allow me to do something in your heart. Can I get us to say this confession? Everybody watching online, I want us to put this in the room in all caps. Can I get us all to say this? Father, Father, give me the faith faith and the courage courage to trust you you. even when it burns. burns. We want that fire. fire. One more time. Father, Father, give me the faith and the the courage courage to trust you you even even when it burns. Now tap your chest. We want that fire. One more time. We want that fire. I don't want just a flicker. We want that fire. I want that fire. I want that fire. I want that fire in my service. I want that fire in my home. I want that fire. In my preaching, I want that fire. In my heart, I want that fire. In my commitment, I want that fire. I don't want a spark anymore. We want that fire. To treat this, I must use fire. That is an unknown quote from a medic that's trying to treat a soldier that's hemorrhaging in the middle of a battlefield from his wounds. He tried to stop the bleeding, but stitching wouldn't work. Patching wouldn't work. And he has his hand on the soldier, and he yells out across the field, to treat this, I need fire. I was reading an article a few days ago entitled, the history of cautery device. The history of the cautery device. I found this reading rather interesting. It said, in ancient times, fire was used to treat various diseases. Studies even report that this this surgical cautery implementation worked different due to different cultures and ancient times. What they would do is they would put something hot they will put a tool in something hot or stick it in fire and then apply it to the person who is wounded. And the three men that are most accredited to the surgical implementation first comes by one particular brother, Albuquerque, and also Vigo and William T. Boovey. These are actual people. Don't you love when your pastor studies? Yes. These are true individuals who are accredited for being the ones who implemented surgical cauterization. So what does cautery mean? It is when a patient, a soldier, first responder, anybody has to get surgery or, watch this, they're so wounded to such a degree where the surgeons can't stop the bleeding and the only way they could fix it Is they would stick a tool in fire and then put the hot tool on the wound so that the fire and the burn would close the flesh. Now this is a practice we still use today but it's electrocauterization. Thank God we don't have to be burned by rocks and sticks. But the, the same process is still a practice today where the only way I could treat this is I must use fire. So I have to burn you to heal you. They missed it, Don. They missed it. There's something that happened that is bleeding so severely, stitches won't work. Band-aids won't work. Patching won't work. But fire will. And the only way to stop this is I have to burn you to heal you. And as I was engaged in sermon prep this week, the Holy Spirit dropped this in my heart. That's it, son. That's what I need. I need a spiritual cauterization on the body. Because my body, my wife, the body of Christ, in a lot of areas, she's hemorrhaging. False preaching over there. False teaching over here. People leaving the church calling it church hurt when we're really cult hurt. People who are more willing to forgive a sinner than they are forgive a Christian. I I need to help this, but you know what, son? The only way I could treat my body to cure this, I must use fire. My worshipers, I got to burn them. I need my worshipers to be on fire. I need my deacons to be on fire. I need my evangelists to be on fire. I need my praisers to be on fire. I need my intercessors to be on fire. I need my pastors to be on fire. I need my shepherds to be on fire. To cure this issue, I must use fire. That's the only way I could treat it. That's the only way I could treat it. What happened to you, sir? I'm sorry that it happened. But God is saying the only way that I could cure you and treat you is I must use fire. Will you trust me when your healing burns you? I must use fire. I saw what happened in the relationship, daughter. I saw that you had your heart broken by a hell sent man. So to heal you, I must use fire. In fact, let me put my foot on the gas a little more. You wouldn't have entertained him anyway. Both genders. You wouldn't have entertained her anyway if you were on fire before they came. If your prayer life, okay, okay, it's getting real in here. If your prayer life was on fire before they came, the heat of our intimacy would have pushed them off. Because watch this. Not only does fire omit heat, it also omits light. Y'all missed it. Whatever it takes to get us to get it. Okay, whatever it takes. Maybe the reason you keep falling in traps is because the lamp of your Bible reading isn't lit. (laughs) The only time you use Bible is to burn people. Talk, Lord. But if you use the lamp of your Bible reading, if you stayed in devotion, it will show you that's not my will. It will reveal that's a serpent. Watch out. It will reveal that's false doctrine. Watch out. If you were to stay in the word, this is why the psalmist says in Psalms 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There's certain things you can't see because your Bible is dusty. The only time you light your lamp is when I say turn to Genesis 40. The only time you light your lamp is when you're trying to recover from a breakup. The only time you light your lamp is when you want God to give you something. But if you live with your lamp, as you're walking through life, you can see, okay, th- this, this, this doesn't work. That's not Godly. I want y'all to remember this. Whatever it takes, I told y'all, I was a student pastor. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get y'all to get it. There's an acronym I want you to see for a lamp. What is a lamp? It lights all mysterious paths. That's so good, isn't it? The Word of God, when we stay in it, and remember, Jesus says the Word became flesh. So when we have that intimacy and when we stay in the Bible, it lights all mysterious paths. I want to show you how it works for people like, okay, what does that look like? Okay, um, I don't know if I should use my gift to write this book. What What if they don't read it? What if it stays on the shelf? Okay, let's look at our lamp and let's shine some light to it. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. It lit that mysterious path that you were unsure of. It gave you some light to it. Or 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 it says as each has received a gift use it. I mean use it to flex no to serve Use it to serve one another as God's stewards of God's varied grace. In other words, when you don't use it, you're saying, God, when you gave me this gift, you made a bad investment in me. You use the lamp. Somebody said lamp. I don't know if I should go to business with my friend. He got some angry issues. Maybe I could work that out. Let's go to the lamp. Okay. Okay. Um, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24, it says, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24, it says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. (laughs) Do not associate with one easily angered. Why? Or you may learn their ways and get ensnared yourself. See? Right there. I don't know what to do. It just told you what to do. Pastor, I need a meet No, you need to read the Bible. Proverbs 22 just told you. I'm just trying to get us to understand this. I just have a whole bunch of friends. Please understand this. You don't need a certain number of friends. You just need a number of friends you're certain of. Did y'all catch that? All right. I don't know if I should end this relationship. She keep offering me the cheats. I'm not sorry. My generation requires real. I deliberately said she, because preachers always preach. It's him. Okay, there's some sisters. There's some men who are trying to be godly. Brothers, watch how quiet ladies get. There's some men who are striving to be godly, but she keeps offering it up. This happened to me before I was with my wife. I'm trying to be godly. She wasn't. But it was something, brothers, be careful if you're married. But it was something hot. About being wanted like that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Every man wants to be desired. Okay. Should I end the relationship? She keeps offering me the cheeks and I'm trying to be godly. Let's get to the lamp on it. Okay. We're going to lamp this in the message Bible. Okay. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 23. It says, for sound advice is a beacon. Good teaching is a light. Moral discipline is a life path. They'll protect you from promiscuous women, from the seductive talk of some temptress. Don't lustfully fantasize over her beauty, nor be taken in by her bedroom eyes. You can buy an hour with a prostitute for a loaf of bread. But a promiscuous woman may well eat you alive. Can you build a fire in your lap and not burn your pants? Can you walk barefoot on hot coals and not get blisters? It's the Bible. (laughs) It gave light to that mysterious path. To treat this, I must use fire. This is why I can't wait till next Sunday. When we speak around this thought, secondhand smoke? Because a lot of our faith is being suffocated by our friends. See, you constantly keep bringing the smoke. God said, I want you to bring the fire. Maybe it's your circle. Hear me, please hear me. When a heart is not lit on fire, and when our spirit doesn't burn for the things of God. We will put people in the wrong room in our heart. So you can't identify these four categories. You can't identify kingdom friends from distractions, from assignments, from bait. Because when your heart is not on fire and your spirit Is not on fire you will place wrong people in the wrong rooms of your heart so you're like man you know what this this is my kingdom friend this is my kingdom friend if you are on fire no that's that's not a kingdom friend you put them in the wrong category what that is is a distraction Put it in the right category. Place it right. That's a distraction. Well, how do I know it's a distraction? Because ever since they arrived, your focus has departed. Your your focus is now in a haze. Hear me. It's going to be hard for you to take destiny paths when distractions are giving you directions. Because when your heart is not on fire. I will not be able to place people in the right rooms in my heart. You're like, okay, well, you know, this one, this one, I'm gonna label this. Yeah, this is a distraction. No, that's not a distraction. That's an assignment. You put that in the wrong room. So let's put this right. Put the assignment in the right category. I'm trying to show you how to stop getting hurt. That's an assignment. You build. With assignments. When an assignment comes in your life, you're not looking to build a bond. You're looking where to place bricks. We're trying to build something. That's it. All this is, is an assignment. They have come in my life and they are assigned to help me finish something. And assignments are seasonal because once it's complete, it's over. Let me come for your edges a little more. You don't vent to assignments. You don't share confidential information to assignments. Oh Lord! You don't sleep with assignments. That's how assignments become your assassin. It's not. That's not a distraction. It's an, an assignment. And many people, since you don't know your assignment you keep on confusing assignment with alignment. Because they're in my life, this must be God's will. No, it's just an assignment. All right, well, I, I got this one, Pastor, I got this one. This one right here, this is my kingdom friend. Ain't no my kingdom friend. I, I think we're called to get married, okay? No, this isn't a kingdom friend, this is bait. This is bait. This is a lure of the enemy To get you further and further away from your fire. I want to get you. See, God summons kingdom friends. The hell sets up bait. That's not bait. It's bait. It's designed to get you hooked on something. This is so good, y'all. If I can get you to identify bait from distractions, from assignments, from kingdom friends then you will be able to make sure that you can identify with ease firefighters. Maybe everybody isn't a firefighter. It's that you keep putting everybody in the wrong category. You see? Because we always want to say they were the devil. The devil used them. Or there was not relational intelligence enough to identify where to properly place people. It's easier to love people when you know their category. Is this making sense? Put my foot on the gas a little more. Romance intoxicates discernment. The enemy will always send bait when your desire is high, but your discernment is low. They just left me. They did me so wrong. I can't stand that. They did me wrong. That's a wrong thing. No, it's a discernment thing. Jesus identified Judas. The pain doesn't hit as hard when you're able to identify this is their assignment. They helped me in the parking lot. That's it. This is their assignment. I work with them. That's it. They're going to experience the love of Christ, but I properly have placed them. Is this making sense? Joseph finds himself in a place where he's discouraged. And God let him sit there. Sit there. So I said, okay. How do we identify if we're flickering? Because everybody always wants to claim fire. But I want to help us identify flicker. Okay? So these are signs of flickering. Number one, you spend little, if any time, reading God's word or prayer. Somebody say flickering. Flickering. So if you want like like a checklist to be better this year, how do I know if I'm flickering? It's when you spend little, if any time, reading God's word or prayer. Man, my life is too busy. Your life is too busy for you to not pray. Did y'all hear me? It's, it's too busy to pray. No, you are too busy to not pray. Yeah. Flickering. I think the dangerous thing is you could build a Christian empire without God. People do it all the time. You could build a whole ministry and not have intimacy with God. Because the water could flow, but you and God are not on good terms. Number two, church and community is optional. If I feel like it. Depending on how late I get off. It's optional. Hear me. If you don't like church people, why do you want to go to heaven? (laughs) I'm talking about real ones. I'm not talking about fake ones, but... If you don't like church, what heaven's going to be horrible for you. When you hear nonstop, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, holy, holy, what you going to (laughs) do? There's a whole problem. I love Jesus, but you don't like his wife? We're the body of Christ. We're going to deal with that more, part four, when we deal with body heat. Because some of us, the reason your life is so cold is because you keep on isolating yourself. It's warmer in here because of the body heat. Body of Christ. Body heat. Number three, how do you know if you're flickering? You justify. There's always justifying. Everything's a reason. Well, I didn't because. Well, you know, if I would have. There's a whole problem. If sin don't offend you, but correction does. Justify. Nonstop. You only use scripture to defend your sin. Well, the Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. <laughs> the same Bible says flee the very appearance of evil. Yes. Flickering. How do I know if I'm flickering? Number four, there's lowered conviction. First time you watched porn, you felt terrible. Disgusted even. You talk to your husband like that, you you felt this knot in your chest. Girl, you know you was out of line. First time y'all had sex sitting on the edge of the bed, you felt disgusting. The soap wasn't cleaning you enough. Now, nothing. No conviction. Doesn't bother you. In fact, you look forward to it. See how quiet it is right now? It's conviction. I always thank God for that, because I do remember when I didn't feel it. I do remember what it was like when I felt nothing. Now it makes sense. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me it's comforting when I feel the staff. Why? It lets me know you 're with me. It lets me know there are times I'm as a pastor, somebody cut me off just the other day I was with Jay. They didn't have a blinker on. I would have let them over. They cut off where I had to slam on the brakes. And Jay was like, Daddy, why are you driving like that? I felt like rolling down that window. And I was like, they could watch you online. (laughs) Have a blessed day. (laughs) Quick, I felt it. I couldn't say that would have happened in 2017. <laughs> but I, I felt the conviction, lowered conviction. It's a sign that you're flickering. Number five, you lack joy. You lack joy. Sometimes you have to find the joy, and other times you just don't have it. Like, you can't even find it. Find the joy, you have oxygen, find it. Find the joy. Number six, You sample versus eat. This could happen for people who serve, greeters, leaders. It's easy for you to confuse sampling Scripture with eating it, allowing the Bible to be your living bread. So as I was asking myself, why did God let Joseph sit there for two years i show you what i do before i elevate my children i let it burn you keep reading he's the second most powerful man in egypt later but before that he let it burn i wonder who is missing out on their blessing because you keep on leaving before the benediction of the fire done with Jesus done with church you keep quitting before the promotion and I'm trying to let you know as a brother as a servant it's so hot because you're so close it's so hot because of what he has to get out let it burn let it burn be faithful let it burn endure hardness as a good soldier Let it burn. Let them talk about you. Let it burn. Let them say you're a Jesus freak. Let it burn. Let them call you outside your name. Let it burn. Let your family misunderstand you. Let it burn. When I get done, when I get done with what I'm about to do in your life, everybody will be able to say, that must have been God. I want to show my glory through you but don't leave me when it gets hot. In America, we can't handle heat. I don't feel sorry for saying this. People come here as crowded to leave. Leave. Nothing I could do about it. I I want a larger building, but leave. And I was like, man, I hope they left like that when they went to the club and it was a long line. I really do. I hope they left like that on Black Friday. When it was a long line. I hope they have the same frustration for the things of God. I really do. I really do. Because in America, we can't handle discomfort. We will walk away from Jesus. Not a bad church. But we'll walk away from Jesus himself. Because of a misrepresentation of church. Like I told us before, I've never met nobody. Nobody who made a crooked car salesman and said, I'm only walking from now on. (laughs) You go to another dealership. Four points, and then I'll cast my vision, we can go home. The fuel for harvest is endurance. Everybody who wants harvest it comes with endurance. Somebody say endurance. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58 Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. It's for the Lord. Hear me fire is experienced and consistent, is what we need. I need my fire. If I want to experience fire, my faithfulness must be consistent. That's the resolve to remain. Number two, this is so good, y'all. Endurance shows you what's on the other side. Why quit right here and miss out on the other side? This just me. if I'm going to suffer like this, I'm going to get something from it. Like I'm not fighting for free. I'm fighting to get something from it. Endurance shows you what's on the other spot, other side. Don't spend your whole life in Christianity looking like sparks. See these, these sparks on the screen? Don't, 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 don't spend your whole life sparking. Because you'll never see what's on the other side. James 1 verse 12. Blesses the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Shows you what's on the other side. Number three. Endurance is the child of patience. Show me somebody who can endure. You show me somebody who's patient. Show me somebody who's impatient. You show me somebody who lacks endurance. Number four. Intensity isn't the same as intimacy. I do a whole lot. I do a whole lot. That doesn't mean you're spending time with me. I serve here. I do this here. I do this. I preach here. I do. That does not mean you are intimate with me. Me and you, one on one, no interruptions. Not because you got to preach. Not because you got to lead small group. Not because you got to study. Just because you love me. Intimacy. Intimacy. Lastly, number five. Once on fire, surround yourself with those who fan the flame. Once on fire, surround yourself with those who fan the flame. When I first really committed my life to the Lord, I thought I would save my whole life because I'm a PK. But once I recognize that you must have your own relationship with the Lord. First thing that went was my circle. Like God answered that prayer quick. <laughs> quick, first thing, my boys, gone. Now years later, I could recognize what the Holy Spirit was doing. If you wanna be on fire, I have to remove firefighters. Because many of us are questioning God for the lack of results when it's really your circle keep putting it out let it burn oh God in this moment we're asking for you to strengthen our faith to stand still for for a great oak tree was once a little seed that held this ground help us to not be moved be swayed by the winds of adversity, the cares of this life, God, but give us a fire that cannot be quenched. Just like we see in the text. Well Joseph had to sit in things he didn't deserve for two years. Once he got out and he was able to see those offenders, he told them, "You meant it for evil." but God meant it for good. Help us to have a kingdom perspective when life gets hot. We don't know all things you do. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We're not trying to hold tomorrow, that's your job. But on today, we're asking that you give us the strength and the courage to even when it's tough, let our prayer burn, let our worship still burn let our commitment, forgive us for being ornament Christians who only bring you out once a year to decorate our presentation of that, of us being a Christ follower. No, God, we want to be authentic. Forgive us for being passionate about the things that don't matter more than we are what does matter. We're asking that you do it in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees to that prayer, would you say amen? Amen. amen. Was well, somebody blessed today? Yeah. So, I'm going to do, um, you look so good. Look at you. I'm sorry. Let me get back in the spirit. Okay. Go ahead, and I'll do the vision once you're finished. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. okay praise the Lord, everyone. Wasn't the word good? Do you all like that word? Fire. Um, I'm going to tell this quick story. Um, you all know before he became Pastor Jerry Flowers, he was J-Flow. Okay. <laughs> the rapper y'all know that right that's when i fell in love with him as j flow and one of his songs when i that he was performing when i first laid eyes on him was called filled with fire and it was like i'm filled with fire and i can't contain it like jeremiah i'm serious he was spitting bars it was great and uh Put the, put the picture up, because um, I think you shared this picture. This is our first year of marriage, y'all, and we both got them filled with fire shirts on. And I brought this up to, to say, I'm sure it wasn't the coolest thing to do what he was doing, but he had a fire on the inside of him. And that's when he encountered me. So when you are living on fire, you will collide with your purpose. Oh, so, cool. so, ladies. Ow. Okay? <laughs> ladies, you want a man that's on fire. You don't want a flicker. You don't want a flicker. Brothers, you want a sister that's on fire. got be wearing this t-shirt, y'all. But after almost 12 years, we celebrate 12 years this year. We are still on fire and you can build something when you're on fire and you can go through trials and you can go through tribulations, and you can go through hard times because we've been through our fair share and we'll continue to do so. But when you build your life on the word of God and you have a fire in your belly and your heart and your soul to do what God has called you to do, nothing, nothing can stop you and you will always be in purpose no matter what comes your way. So I I encourage you all, don't don't be satisfied with the flicker. Don't be content with that. A lot of people live their whole lives flickering. They live their whole lives just little embers, Hmm. not completely, I wanna be an inferno. I want to be an inferno burning for what god wants me to do
0: yeah.
1: and that's who that's who he's looking for yeah. he is seeking he's seeking those people that are on fire for him because the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few yes and he needs he needs people a people that's going to be on fire yes not just flickering so if you're in this room and you say, you know what? I have definitely had a flicker. I've been, I've been living my life flickering and I don't want to do it no more. This is your opportunity to say, God, I need you to come in and take over and I want everybody to pray this prayer under the side of my voice. So we're all going to pray. Just bow your head and say, father, God, father God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus i need you i need you to save me to save me to change me
0: to change me to wash me to wash me make me more like you make me more like you set me on fire set me on fire show me your purpose god show me your purpose thank you thank you for allowing me for allowing me to surrender to you to to you. I confess
1: with my mouth
0: and I confess my mouth,
1: and I believe in my
0: heart believe in my heart that you Jesus, that you, Jesus died, died and, raised, and raised just for me just for me
1: teach me how to live like you teach me how to love like you thank you now thank you now thank you now, thank you now for, allowing me for allowing me to surrender to you, to surrender to and, you. I and I declare that I'm, saved. that I'm saved come on say it again that I'm thank saved. You. Come on, clap it up and let's rejoice with the angels because somebody prayed that prayer for the first time and meant it. It's the best decision that you'll ever make to completely submit your life to Christ. It's the best decision that you'll ever make. Yes. The best decision that you'll ever make. Yes. So if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, go ahead and text the word fresh start to the number behind you. And you'll get a series of videos just solidifying the prayer that you prayed. And if you need a Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, we're not a perfect church, but we serve a perfect God. And we would love to co-labor with you. Yes, we're growing, but, you know, I think you said a whole lot of people on fire today with that word. (laughs) So it's okay to be a little uncomfortable for a little while so God can do his work. Amen? So if you need a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, we'd love to have you here. Go ahead, and text the word membership to the same number behind us. And start coming to Bible study. Start coming to Discipleship Development every Wednesday night, 6.30 and 7.30 so you can get set on fire all the more. Amen. And have a community of people around you to uphold you and to walk this walk with you.
0: Yeah. Um, All giving information is also projected on the screen, but I do want us to understand something. This is just what I believe God put in my heart. We will be multicultural. We will be a multicultural powerhouse of god in this city of houston listen listen we will have a school where we could raise up kingdom children and give them the education that they need we will have a larger facility where we could help facilitate people's growth in god we will that's something i'm telling you so that if you're not prepared for that this may not be your local assembly but this will be a multicultural church that is on fire for God. And a church alive is worth the drive. Amen. We will have an academy. We will have activities where we could raise up kingdom children. We will have small groups. This is something that will happen. But we're in the not yet. Okay? Um, around the end of last year, we, we found a building. And I was like, thank you, Lord. And I'm, I'm excited. And I learned as a pastor, like, Don't share things prematurely. Like So that was a public pastoral lesson that I learned. All we needed was a million dollars for the closing costs, and then we could have the building. I was excited about it. I was telling people about it, and I was asking for you to give. And possibly, I think, two weeks before we were about to come to terms of possibly if this would be a place that we can close on, the pastor changed his mind and took the church off the market. Okay? So... I'm back to square one. Now, there was a building that I've been looking at for at least now, like three years, like going on three years. It's been on the market for four years. Um, We walked through the building, and I was like, man, I, I would love for us to have this church. I think it's like eight or nine acres, more than enough parking. Like you got wings, so are you on the left wing of the church or the, the, the right wing of the church? Your children could be all the way over here. School could be all the way over here. Gym could be all the way over here. Sanctuary, like, I was like, God, this, this is great. But the people are like, yeah, it's 10 million. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, wanna, I wanna keep us up to date. My, my heart has totally changed from October to January. Now 10 million to me is nothing. We don't have it. This is how much we raised. I want us to see how much we raised because I, I don't ever want us to be a church that, y'all clapping, praise God. That's a long way for 10 million. So what I'm going to start doing um, at least twice a month until God gives us the funds, I'm going to start letting you know how much we've raised. Now understand that building funds many times could be triggers for people. And the reason that has been a trigger is because there have been a lot of churches where it looks as though the pastor is benefiting from your wealth. That don't happen here. There have been a lot of churches who voiced, hey, this is what we need, and y'all never saw it. So where the money went, bro? I understand that. But I'm telling you with all sincerity that your contributions are helping us. We have five overflows now. Five. Okay We are on the verge of about to About to do multiple services We'll let you know about that when I remember I told y'all I don't want to do multiple services I don't think I'm built for multiple services I sweat and I'm passionate Then I got to cut the messages shorter So that we can get multiple services God this isn't me Who says you? that's not you And so I apologize publicly for Telling you what I'm not built for When God is saying yes you are So listen, listen, I'm just telling you, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make sure as many people can hear the gospel. It's definitely not about crowds. I never wanted to do this. So I'm not not phased by telling people what they wanna hear because I never wanted to do this. I said, I'm never being a pastor, ever. God was like, that's funny, you are. (laughs) So I'm, I'm just casting vision before you to let you know where we stand, In our giving, and when we tried to have a meeting again, I wanted our our board and our leaders to walk through to see the facility. They said, "If you can't show us 10 million in the bank, y'all don't even do y'all don't even do a walkthrough." It's okay, cool. This is my prayer. God is is it ours? If it's not, show us somewhere else. But I'ma work the principle of keep knocking, keep knocking, keep believing. But I want everybody else to be on notice. I hear, your, I hear what you're saying. I see the comments. I see the parking. It is cray-cray. Then we have like four or five parking lots, right? we got to go to. We have shuttle buses. But I'm like, thank God that he gave us the resources to at least bring people here in the house. Okay? So I just want you to hear my heart on this senior pastor, our elder, our leaders, our board, our deacon, we're doing everything we can to try to train up, raise up people to help. Parking lot, we need more men. Hardly anybody said amen.
1: Parking lot, we need more men.
0: We need more men, okay? We need people here at our parking lot, Allies parking lot, the Latter-day Saints parking lot, and then also Cypress High School, we're parking down the street. We need help. So here's, here's my posture. This may be a little fleshy. But I'm like, don't dare complain if you're not contributing. Yeah. Hold that. For real. Don't be the one that's the first to get in line to get a to-go plate. To, first to get in line to get a plate. But you're the first one to walk out the door when it's time to clean up. So we're all going to be uncomfortable. See how quiet it is? I'm just being pastoral right now. We're all going to be uncomfortable until god gives us a larger facility okay so you can help us you can commit with us you know where we stand financially now all giving is on the screen all right and i've never done this out of my whole pastor tenure never this is my first time ever doing this any dms that you get saying this is me telling you to support an orphanage over in africa that is not me i'm not dming nobody I'm not sliding. Nobody's DMs asking for money. If you ever get that, that is not Jerry Flowers. That's a counterfeit. Everybody understand that? So all that to say, it's coming, but we're thanking God while we're in the middle. And we're going to be faithful while we're in the middle. And when he does it, we're going to praise him for everything he's done. Amen. So... I just wanted to share that with you so you could know where we are as a local church and know what we're striving to do. Amen? Amen. So um, I don't know if there's any same parking parking instructions just for those who are first-time visitors, and then you're free to get your children and go home and have a wonderful Sunday.
1: Yeah, we do have to uh, announce this every Sunday for the visitors, as he said, so be patient with us. So if you parked at the church down the street or the school, please stay inside the sanctuary until an usher comes to get you, please. And if you have children in the nursery or children's church, please go and get your children and come back into the sanctuary until an usher comes to get you. And if you parked in the main parking lot or next door at Ally, you are free to leave out of the main doors after the benediction
0: so we could all stand to our feet. We love y'all. We love you so much. I just wanted to share that with you. And, uh, bro, I know you don't need it, but I just want to thank my brother CJ Stroud for being here with us on today. Love you, man. Keep that fire, bro. So all of us, just be praying with us, partnering with us, and be aware of firefighters. One more time, can I get everybody to say, we want want that fire. fire. Tap your chest, We we want That fire fire. So God thank you for our time together Thank you for the service Thank you for your word And God most importantly Thank you for the gift of salvation For allowing us to be filled with your Holy Spirit That sets our soul on fire Give us the spiritual discernment To identify any and every distraction Every assignment Every bait And also God help us to be healed enough Where we can identify kingdom friends Everybody's not out to hurt us Help us to identify those that you have sent in our life to help us we're asking that you do it, God. And we're thankful for all of the discomfort that we may be facing as a local body. We don't praise you at the finish line. We thank you right now for everything that you've done. And we thank you that you saw it fit to breathe on this house and to breathe through on the ministry. Thank you so much, God, for it. But more importantly, behind the scenes, we want you glorified. In Jesus' name, light our hearts on fire so that the world could forever watch us burn for your glory. We pray. Amen.